Welcome to Beyond Politics, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, and I am, we're having an emergency episode, an emergency podcast here, because I just finished listening to another podcast, something that I featured on this show before, and that I really want all of our radio and podcast listeners to know about because it's totally fascinating, it's totally timely, and it really helps inform one's thinking about everything going on in politics right now. Cliff Schechter, my guest, has been a guest on Beyond Politics before. He is many things. He's a writer, he's a consultant. He was His firm was one of three, three that did the creative ads for the Joe Biden campaign. I believe people have heard of him. He's the president. And Cliff Schechter was one of the people who helped bring us the victory and the delivery from an era of darkness that uh, we enjoyed with President Biden. It nearly didn't happen because of the previous occupant of the White House. The person on earth with perhaps the most insight into Donald Trump and the most willingness to talk about that is Mary Trump his niece. She's just written a second book. And somehow, Cliff, you managed to get her onto your podcast. I'm totally jealous. jealous. I I just want everyone to hear all about it. First of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, I want to ask you all about it. I'm doing pretty well, man, as best one can do in a a declining democracy with uh, COVID denying ghouls all around us. Overall, doing great. Thank God my family's healthy. You look kind of like a silver fox with your new hair. So that's a good thing, too. Like, there's all sorts of positives in the world, Matt. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that because I uh, I just upgraded my headshot for the first time in 10 years. And I went ahead and put it on social media. And people were like, ooh, silver fox. I'm like, I have mixed feelings about that. But look, yeah, my, look, my look, older look. son called me that, too. And I was like, I, I don't know if that's a compliment because I'm. It, it, it didn't start until recently. But, yeah, I'm starting to get the gray now. So, right. um so speaking speaking of being disowned, um, you just completed this fascinating conversation. But disowning actually plays into it. I mean, um, the, the whole conversation yeah. about Donald Trump Jr. and the threat against him that if he decided not to sort of try to live up to the expectations of, you know, the insane <laughs> Donald Trump expectations of him, which were weird because Donald Trump simultaneously does not seem to love his son, but also wants him to sort of follow in his footsteps. I, that stood out to me from your conversation with right. Mary Trump. But what was what was the biggest thing that stood out to you? Why, why should people tune into this episode? Because it was there was a ton of it on the unprecedented podcast. Yeah, I mean, there was a girl. Thank you, by the way, Matt, for having me on and, and, and listening. Uh, there was a there was a lot of really interesting stuff. And look, she's got a book out. Um, and, you know, a new book, and that's where we had her on, and she's kind of taking a look at, at things around the world, and oh my God, I don't have the name of her book in front of me, so I'm an idiot. Um, I could probably look it up somewhere, and I probably should, but but everyone should. I, that's I, right, I, people I'm, will hear it because they're going to tune into your podcast after they there listen you go. to this. It's just right? slipping my mind for a second because, you know, the, the world's a busy place. But, but um, you know, so we really had her there about the book, but the thing is, is that she, you know, She's a, a very smart, very articulate, like she's just, you know, she's a PhD psychologist. She's interesting as hell. So, you know, you could go off in all sorts of directions. And so, you know, we didn't go in with a game plan. We want to talk about her book and a few other things going on in the news, but we didn't go in with a game plan of let's get her to say stuff that she hasn't said before. But, you know, that's our show flows like that. We just sort of whatever direction. So at one point, I think John, my co-host, John Arbosis, is like, so who's the dumbest Trump? You know, and she was like, oh, definitely Donnie Jr. 
or Donnie, I guess is what they call Don Jr. And, you know, it, we did go into the fact that, you know, he, you know, his certain lack of intelligence, but also, you know, he's a tragic story. And don't get me wrong, no sympathy, right? I could have sympathy for Idi Amin or Hitler or Pol Pot. So, you know, I don't care what your upbringing was. Lots of people have bad upbringings. You, you have no right to kill people and do horrible things. It's, I'm talking more about just on a level of understanding people. And I told the story that I heard because we went to the same college, university, which I'll ever be I'll forever be embarrassed about. And I was on one of their alumni pages and somebody, you know, one of our alumni pages, somebody was telling a story when Don Jr. was in school and how his dad came to pick him up and take him out to a baseball game. You know, was going to drive him up to New York from, from Philly to the Yankees game. And his dad's in his usual not fitting, unfitting suit that's hanging off of him and looking ludicrous, um, looking like a snuffleupagus. And Don Jr. comes out with a Yankees hat on, you know, like in an outfit you'd expect for somebody going to a Yankees game. And his dad literally slaps him across the face in front of the entire hall, tells him to dress like an adult. And if you look in some of the writing, you know, that some of the other, the many biographers who've now apologized for any role they played, Schwartz, what's his first name? Is it Tony or whatever the one that wrote the for the art of the deal? And Tim O'Brien, one of them wrote about how at the age of twelve, you know, when his mom and his dad were getting divorced, this Donnie, you know, Don Jr. came out and said how much he hated him, and he destroyed their family. So there was a point where this kid had some independence, you know, and and realized how awful his dad was. But but he just bought in, you know, somewhere along the way. He's like, this is the easy way. This is the money, uh, and, and yet at the same time, I don't think you can just become a sociopath. It's got to be in you. And how evil, cruel, just vicious he is with what he says about people, Don Jr. I'm talking about now, whatever, it had to be there. But, you know, so that was an interesting conversation. But you know, another interesting conversation, and guess what? People are going to have to watch the podcast. I'm not going to tell them. Is he actually gave, uh, Mary actually told us who she thought the biggest sociopath was in the Ooh. entire Trump family. Ooh, I, and you know what? I was literally listening to it. Before we started this emergency podcast, so now I now I've got something to look forward to. I, I may have to and, scrub and, ahead. And, and yeah, you have, and, and that's the thing is like I, I'm not going to say it because people have to listen to, to to the podcast to hear it. But she's never said this before, so it's pretty cool because these things, you know, have gotten picked up. Uh, we, you know, the podcast we got written about in the Huffington Post. Uh, we got written about in Raw Story. I think they're they're putting something up at MSNBC.com. Because, you know, we actually, uh, I'm not a journalist. When people call me a journalist, I'm very careful to say, <laughs> no, uh, I'm an opinion guy. I analyze politics. I do whatever, but I'm never going to deny I have opinions. That's, I, I won't, you know, but here it seems like we actually broke some news and some stories and some whatever, and I didn't even mean to. So you, there you go. Well, and listeners here on Beyond Politics are getting it from the horse's mouth right now. Um, or you know, or horse's ass, you could refer to me as, and that's probably just as... <laughs> as, as uh, well, my uh, point is, you're listening to WKXL, or you're on the Beyond <laughs> Politics podcast, you're beating MSNBC right now, which is pretty good. You know, look, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is that, as you actually just said, you're more of an analyst than an interview journalist. You You think about these things and you connect dots because you're a practitioner. You write but you also practice. You're, you're an active consultant. You had a yeah. hand in Joe Biden's victory. And so you were in the mix. As you mean that you, illegitimate guy that's not really president? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Oh, I couldn't right. help I've myself. Heard, I've heard all this. Well, but, yeah, but actually, that's that's exactly where I wanted to go because listeners might be wondering like, okay, this is interesting. I, I kind of want to hear the juicy details. I want to hear who the biggest sociopath in the Trump family is. That's interesting. But 
isn't it a little passe? Isn't it a little like, why are we still psychoanalyzing this guy? And the point I wanted to make is that, no, it's actually super relevant for right now because as more and more stuff comes out about January 6th and about the post-election period. And now we have this new Lee memo, which was basically a blueprint for upending the constitution and yep. having, a, having a, a takeover, a takeover. It was the smoking gun. And I, it, you know, and it still hasn't fully been reported that way, even though it's been in a lot of places. But when you talked about me connecting the dots, like right. literally this was the, this was the, the, the point on the map where all the dots converge. You right. know what I mean, where all right. the calls to Raffensburger, the the to getting the, the the Michigan and Pennsylvania state legislators to jump on Air Force One with him, you know the 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 I'm not going to be your friend anymore, Mike Pence, if you don't do this for me, you know all the various ways this man tried to subvert and and it makes it obvious that much more obvious that January sixth was not just something that got out of control, but a fully planned event because. Right. He that memo lays out that the whole point was that, that Pence needed to find an excuse to delay in certifying the electoral votes, which would give them the time to question, you know, make up all these lies like they've done since then. Oh, well, the, these hundred votes that were sitting in, a, in an envelope in a garbage can and all this stuff. So we can't decide which electors are real. We're going to throw it back to the state legislature. And if, and if both sets of electors come, then we may just kick those states out entirely. And then it goes to the House. And it's probably listeners of your show now because you are an expert in this stuff. I'm sure you've explained it at some point. It's not like it's in, not like even if the Democrats have a majority in the House, that determines it. Each delegation from each state, each state gets one vote. So this is where the fact that they've gerrymandered, and I'm gonna, I promised I'm bringing this up on every radio show or everywhere I go from now on. And these SOBs, I would say it, but I don't want to get you in trouble. Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, who are literally destroying our republic along with Republicans right now. By not, by not getting rid of the filibuster and by allowing gerrymandering, what they're doing is they're allowing all these delegations in places like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, places that are either swing states, slight lean red states, slight lean blue states, to remain controlled by Republicans. And each one of those states would get one vote in determining where, who, who's, where its electoral votes went. So even if Pennsylvania was won by us, which it was handily, if they have more Republicans and Democrats because they've gerrymandered, and that would be a vote for Trump. And they would find a way to, to subvert the Constitution and have a coup. So January 6th was not an accident. They were trying to create the atmosphere that would pressure Mike Pence to do what they wanted him to do, which was delay the certification and then give them a chance to steal the election. Well, exactly. And, you know, look, I don't want to sprain a shoulder trying to pat myself on the back here. But right, if, if people the mainstream media has screwed all this up so badly that if people like you and 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 others don't pat themselves on the shoulder. You know, everybody will keep listening to the gibberish coming out of the mouths of people like Peter Baker, who's, you know, who's the guy that sits there whistling past the graveyard as the fascist march by. Well, and I mean, that's, I think, to your point, to your point about this Lee memo. So two and a half years ago, I wrote an article and you can find it. It's on the website, beyondpoliticspodcast.com. And it's called, you, you just go to my archived articles. It's called World War T. And I, it was a future look at how Donald Trump would would foment the the first what I call the first constitutional coup, and lo and behold, now the one thing I, I had to choose someone from the Democratic primary, so I chose Elizabeth Warren as the nominee. Okay. It turned out to be Joe Biden. Whatever, didn't matter. The point is, there was a lot I of said, reason back then to believe that Warren could unite the right. Joe Biden and Bernie factions in a way most others could not. So, but that, that what wasn't did I a, a bad call? What did I predict? I predicted that. They were going to follow this exact playbook, delay 
confuse, call into question results in Arizona. And I picked another state. I picked Pennsylvania, which didn't, by the way, given the current audit there, did, that wasn't far off either. And that they were going to follow this exact playbook. And, you know, this the, the fact that we now have this memo shows that all this time, a lot of people have been operating. There's an Amherst College professor, Lawrence Douglas, who's also been a guest on this show, who wrote this book, Will He Go? He also outlined the scenario. This is what it would look like. It was a lot like my article. People can pick up the book. But all this time, we've all been speculating. We've all been saying, well, look, if we were evil, here's what we would do. Here's what the sure. Constitution You have to always say to yourself, if I were an amoral operator, morality right. had nothing to do with it. It's my fealty to to democracy in the United States had nothing to do with it. You know, my, my belief in fair play, my politics, everything, just take it all out. Right. What would I do if I just were, and there's just so many obvious holes and pressure points and, you know, customs that have developed that are, appear nowhere in the constitution, the filibuster being the big one, that have just screwed our system up so badly. That was part of Eastman's memo, by the way, right. was they would literally filibuster when Democrats tried to count the votes. Another reason, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema call them, yell at them, beg them, bother them. Don't let them have a minute of peace because if they're taking our democracy down, I'm going to make sure their lives are miserable too. Well, so is everybody, I, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Every, this, no violence. I never. I just want to be clear because people get the wrong ideas. But short of violence, anything else you want to do to harass and bother them, you should do. Well, you're talking about democratic means to make your voice heard. Call their office if if you feel this way. But I mean, just to connect the two threads here, the reason I think your Mary Trump conversation is so relevant is that Don Jr. is number two in the CPAC straw poll if Don yeah. Sr. doesn't run, right? And Don Sr. might run. And so my point is to draw all this together, we're talking about, it is, it is beyond obvious at this point that we have an insane anti-constitutional fascist who occupied the Oval Office previously. We barely, by the skin of our teeth, saved the democracy. And we're here, we made it, and yet maybe we didn't because we may see him again in 2024. And if we don't, we might see Don Jr. And why is that, to be clear, not to cut you off, because no. all the collaborators are still there. He could right. not have done what he did if he were not enabled by so many. He's been enabled by the Marco Rubios and the Lindsey Grahams. In that memo, there was a there was outlined that that that, that this lawyer, who by the way, again, collaborator, who's not yet been disbarred, you take an oath when you become a lawyer to uphold the Constitution of the United States. There's literally no way this man should still have his law license. Why does he still have it? I know it's only been a few days, but I haven't seen anything of anybody calling you know or anybody who's actually on the bar saying he should lose his law license. Um, you know, and, and they name they name Ron Paul, uh, not Ron Paul, but they might as well have named Ron Paul. They name Rand Paul and they name Ted Cruz because you need one senator to object to electoral votes. And they know those two are in the bag for them, right? Rand Paul, who literally, not, not, not figuratively, not, literally ran a note from Donald Trump over to Putin you know, when 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 uh, Trump got in office and all all the shenanigans were going on and we were, you know, we were, we were I don't remember at the time we were fighting over which of the many things we were fighting over. But he sent him over essentially to be like, oh, you know, probably say to him, it'll be OK. We won't hold the sanctions against you. You know, Ron Paul, his dad, Rand's dad, 
has been denying Russian involvement, was denying their involvement in the Malaysian airliner that was shot down by their weaponry, was they, these two have been on RT. They've been apologists. John McCain referred to Rand Paul as working for Putin, the late John McCain, before he passed away. I mean, the, the dots are all there. It all connects. And oh, magically, the other day, Jesse Benton, top consultant to Ron Paul, Rand Paul, also ran Mitch McConnell's race in, in Kentucky. Also, a Trump worked for a Trump pack gets busted, he and another guy who's also a Ron Paul, Rand Paul advisor, for funneling Russian money from an oligarch over there into the RNC in 2016. I mean, there's a point where you don't need to really be a genius at putting dots together. These collaborators are all out there, the 137 or whatever, including the congressman right next door to me here, Steve Shabbat, who voted to not accept certain electoral votes and to undermine our elections. I mean, that's the problem. Is Absolutely. Donald and, Trump and his son can, can all of them can come right back because all the people that enabled them the entire way were all still there. Right. And so that's why I, I mean, to me, your episode with Mary Trump, which, again, I'm here to tell people, check it out. It's on the unprecedented podcast. You have to spell it correctly. It's unprecedented. Right. Well, Donald Trump once said that that something was unprecedented because Donald Trump's a moron. But it was actually kind of funny because. You know, unprecedented. And I, when I when I was starting a podcast, I thought, well, a double entendre. We can make fun of the fact that he's a moron, and we can also point out that we want to unprecedent him. So right. it seemed like the perfect name for uh, a podcast at the time. Well, it just feels to me like the moment we're in here in 2021 is the moment you hit in a horror movie. This is like a Nightmare on Elm Street type <laughs> moment. You're about 15 minutes from the end of the movie, right? And you think you've killed off the demon bad guy evil force but you haven't you never have and so you're all sitting around saying huh that was weird good thing we lived through that boy i never thought that this old abandoned campground would be evil and hey let's go in there that's look where all the chainsaws are that looks like a nice hole and so what you what you're essentially doing with this mary trump episode is you're having this hold on a minute wait, we never saw the body or why, why is there blood oozing from the walls? Your episode with Mary Trump is the, hold on a second, we're not done yet. And, you know, this, this pathological force in our politics, it's still out there. We still totally, this is very relevant to today. Right. And, And the key here is it's not just still out there. Like this is, this is, this is a Stalin Soviet party. They are actively purging I mean, we the re, part of the reason why we're here and and Donald Trump isn't president for life are some of the forces along the way that made that that actually stood up and, and stood up to their constitutional uh, responsibilities. I mean, a classic example being Brad Raffensperger, somebody with whom I disagree about virtually everything politically, but is the Secretary of State of Georgia and refused to to just illegally and unconstitutionally. You know, find more votes, which Donald Trump called and said, we just need to find seven or eight thousand votes. I mean, if that's not a mobster call, I don't know what it is. And and Brad Raffensperger refused to do it. Well, so what are they doing now? They have that loon. Was it Collins or whatever was former Congress or no, is it Heiss? One of the uh, one of the other idiots, you know, a, a part of that brigade is now challenging Raffensperger. You know, Anthony Gonzalez, the one that went to Ohio State here in Ohio, who was one of the 10 Republicans in the House who voted for Donald Trump's impeachment, which clearly everybody should have if they actually believed in the rule of law. They've now, they now went after him so hard, he just came out and he's not running for re-election. So they'll, you know, he's just like, it's not worth it for me and my family. They'll fill that seat with a Trumper. You know, people along the way that did the right thing, they're going after all of them and replacing them. 
So it's not just a matter of he's still around. It's a matter of he's consolidating his power. They're consolidating that faction so nobody in the Republican Party will be in the way to stop them again. And they figured out a way when they only on average get, you know, at best 40 percent of the votes for the most part to, you know, to, you know, uh, accidents of history like the Electoral College and the way, our, you know, our, our Senate is set up so that cows in Wyoming get as many senators as 40 million people, you know, in California. They, they've got that. But then the places where they didn't have the natural advantage they gerrymander, they vote suppress, they do, you know, they do all these other things, you know, and so th this is what they're doing. And if they're, if you just sit here and this is why I get so angry at mainstream media, you know, everybody's like, oh, why are you so hard on them? Because, you know, when I see a report two weeks ago on, oh, you know, maybe how Joe Biden grieves for his son is too much. I mean, are you, are you I'd like to curse, but I won't because I know you're on the radio. I mean, are you bleeping kidding me? I mean, honestly, are you kidding me? You know, and they just are acting like the Republican Party is a normal party. Everything's fine. It's the party of George H.W. Bush. You know, one side's going to cut taxes. The other side is going to raise them and do more spending. Not we've got a white nationalist, thoroughly corrupt, you know, completely subverted by foreign powers like Vladimir Putin and others party here. You know, I mean, we've got the former, you know, what DNI in, in what's his name, Flynn, going around saying that people are putting the vaccination in salad dressing. Which is a side note. If you're trying great to idea. pump, if you're trying no, to pump no, no, great Trumpers, idea. could we yeah, do but if that? You're trying, if you're trying to pump Trumpers full of it. Do you think salad would be the place you'd go? I got to be honest with you. I would think like maybe some combo of cornbread and moonshine would make a little more sense. But okay, I would put it anything. I would I would make it like fluoride in the water, right? I yes. mean, let's. I, I why not? Why not? It's safe. It could save everyone's lives. Let's put it in. I mean, Paul Newman figured out how to put his name on everything. Let's put the vaccine in everything. <laughs> I'm all for this. No, I know. But I mean, again, I, and it's funny and I'd love to joke about it. But here's another example. This guy is using his credibility as the top defense, which should scare all of us. He was the, the top defense intelligence guy at one point. And, and you know, you name it, the, 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 the colluding with Russia illegally, you know, against the Logan Act. The, try, the agreeing for Erdogan's government in Turkey to literally kidnap somebody and, and you know, rendition them out of the country. And now he's going around sharing conspiracy theories that are encouraging things like January 6th. You know, and this is where I get angry. I mean, as you said, I worked for Biden. I, you know, you, you've got to go through process. But with the Justice Department and others, I just have to ask, what are we doing here? And with the military, the, I mean, a number of military officials have pointed out Flynn can be called back into active duty and court-martialed. Why has that not happened? Why? I mean, the longer there are no consequences, I get they have to build broad cases against certain people. But Flynn? I mean, my God, like you, you can get court-martialed for, for cheating on your spouse from the military. How is it that this man, military justice is very different than where we've got long court processes? That Wouldn't that be, send a message if he got called back into the military and court-martialed and had all his benefits taken away? And we're just not doing any of these things. And it's just like... So I'm watching these people get away with their behavior, get away with pushing it further, you know? And I mean, it, it, it's, it is very worrisome because I look at the incentives for Republicans right now. They're all bad. They're all to become more extreme, more crazy, make more money off of being a talking head on Fox News. So where does it end? You know, how do we, everybody's like, well, we need to get back to sanity. Nobody has a plan for that. Well, you know, because- And yeah, I think that's ahead. where, I think that's where, your show in this episode. And I'd encourage people to check it out because 
what can we do? I mean, you know, we can kind of continue to fight like hell, but I, I also think that, you know, we can, we can stay awake and I don't mean stay woke. I'm against woke. You did a great episode with James Carville that I totally agreed with. Let's, let's not get all woke here, people. No, that's not. Yeah. Right. But we can stay awake and we can stay on it and we cannot let ourselves get lulled into this horror movie fantasy of, Oh, we're safe now. It's all over. It's not the, the, the fight's not over the forces of Trump and everything that it represents. It's actively happening. Mary Trump has, she was awesome. We talked to her about really all great these things insights. and she yeah. brought her expertise as a psychologist, as long as, uh, as well as being part of that family. So she was awesome. And I, I would encourage everybody to go and listen to it. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the link right in the notes to this one. So look, if, if we're, we're reaching the end of this episode. So as soon as you finish this, just click on the link over to that. It's great stuff. I hope you've subscribed to that. I hope you'll subscribe to this. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. 